0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best selling book called We Don't Die A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. If you've listened to the show before, you know that as much as we talk about the reality of the afterlife, we also talk about living a powerful life. We talk about personal growth and service to others. I feel that if we don't die, we start asking ourselves some deep questions and ultimately want to make the most out of the life we've got. Our guest today is Howard Martin, who shares that passion for personal growth and service. I recently watched his TEDx talk and was blown away by the contribution he is making on planet Earth, sharing something called heart math. Howard has been inspiring and educating thousands of individuals about a new understanding of the heart as a dynamic connecting and creative intelligence. Howard is the executive vice president of HeartMath LLC and co-author of the books The HeartMath Solution and Heart Intelligence Connecting with the Intuitive Guidance of the Heart. He is one of the original leaders who helped Doc Childry found HeartMath back in 1991 and serves as a key spokesperson and executive. You should definitely buckle your seatbelt for this episode and be prepared to be blown away by the power of your own heart. It does much more than you think it does. You can find out more at HeartMath.com or HeartMath.com forward slash Howard And enjoy Howard's keynote speech and workshop called The Power of the Heart's Intelligence. Heal the moment, rewrite the future at the upcoming Soul Summit Scottsdale, which is September 12th through 15th, 2019. And you can visit and find out more about that at soulsummitscottsdale.org. Howard Martin, my new friend, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio.
1: Sandra, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on your program for the great introduction, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. hope everybody who's taking their time and giving their attention uh, gets something out of what we talk about that can help to make a meaningful difference in their lives.
0: Well, you've already made a meaningful difference in my life without even knowing it. Uh, about a month ago, I watched that TEDx talk, and I just rewatched it again before you and I are speaking now, and Uh, I was in a little bit of a slump, and I was imagining my heart, what it was probably not doing, and took some time to sit in gratitude and love, and so you've got me finely tuned right now (laughs) with my heart for a good interview. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really inspired, and and for me personally, this is just the conversation and the things I, I like to delve in, so absolutely couldn't be happier that we get to talk today.
1: So oh, good, want, let's jump right in.
0: Let's how does this story begin? Let's go back a little bit to just who you are and your background and and how in the world did you find out something like heart math?
1: Well, a young man, early 20s, rock musician, drummer. Um, at that time in the music business in the midst of the decadence and all that, there was you know sort of an interest in spiritual things that was sort of circulating through that world at times. Um through that process, I met another young man uh, named Doc Childry, who uh, was quite interesting to me. He, he certainly wasn't but a little bit older than I was, but he certainly had an intelligence and awareness that was different and more embracive than mine. We became friends. Uh, over time, um, I pursued you know, my own personal growth in the ways that I could, and it got to a place where I recognized that something had to change in my life. That I could no longer walk in two worlds. That the music business was what it was, and the excitement, the glamour, the stimulation was, you know, something that was hard to shake. Um, but a deeper part of myself was saying that there's something else you need to do with your life. And so, over time, I made that change. Um, I spent many years—about uh, eight, I think it was—living you know, in obscurity, working ordinary jobs, doing the best I could to have a place to live and something to drive, and working with Doc and with others. Focused my total attention really on how am I going to change? How am I going to grow? What's going to happen to my awareness? How can I be a better person? All those type of things. And so that type of work led to a place that most of us finally get to when we go that deep into something and it's to our own hearts. In those days, we didn't have an ambition to be an organization or be authors or anything like we are today. I mean, we were just people, just trying to find a deeper connection to uh, this part of ourselves that had been talked about for thousands of years called heart. In time though, that just been, began to magnetize and draw to us. And we ended up in relationships with other people. We recognized that at a certain place, we had something that we could try to share. We started what's called heart math in Northern California. We were in the South before that. We partnered with some people in Northern California. We started with no real definitive business plan. We certainly didn't start with a lot of money, uh, we started with belief. We started with commitment. We started with a caring commitment to want to benefit the lives of others in some way, especially during these, these times of accelerated change. And step by step, we built it. And um, it's been through an awful lot. We're 30 years deep into this now. I'm very proud of what's been accomplished at HeartMath. We have a huge footprint in the world today. We've redefined, I think, in many ways what heart really is. We have touched the lives in meaningful ways of millions of people, many millions of people, and we're continuing to grow. Now, there's no ceiling to this. The adventure continues. The excitement of this adventure continues to build each and every day. So I sit here now in a a television studio in san francisco where i just did an interview having this conversation with you and you know i can't appreciate enough what has happened in my life and the gifts that life has given me to have an opportunity like right now in this moment here today to have this chance to to share my heart with you and with everybody who's listening i don't take that for granted and when i look back at it all and say, "Well, how does this happen how this happened to me i just have to say it goes back, simplistically stated, to a statement we've all heard all of our lives, just to listen to and truly follow our hearts. And that's basically all I've ever done.
0: Well, I'm glad you have. I have a different journey, but also listening to my heart. And it's amazing the people that get attracted to me, the, the opportunities I've had, and it's all based on service. And so you're very like-minded in that way. But I want to ask you, when you, you know when you first you think of the heart, you know it's the thing that, is pumping in our chest. And but when we think about love, we always think about our heart. When we think about following our heart, we're talking about following our maybe our soul or our soul's purpose. And when you just think about heart math, you know, I'm thinking about the thing that's pumping blood, but it's so so much more. Can you talk about the the things that the heart does and really what heart math is because it's it was surprising to me how many things our heart does.
1: Yeah, well, there's different dimensions to heart, Sandra. I mean, we have the physical heart and we've done a lot of research on understanding it and what it's doing beyond its blood pumping capacity. Certainly there's the emotional heart, which you alluded to, all these magnificent, beautiful emotional textures that are associated with the concept of heart. And then there's the spiritual heart and you know, this connection that we have to something larger than ourselves, you know, this to the, the, the bigger us, to the field of information, consciousness that we use to co-create reality, all that happens through the heart as well. So at HeartMath, we look at all of those angles on heart. And um, I think that what has helped us to have influence in the world is the fact that we took a scientific approach to some of it. Uh, Most everything we do is underpinned with scientific research. We have a system. It's tools, it's techniques, it's innovative technology, and the science underpins it all. So what science did for us uh, is it helped to build a bridge between the metaphorical understanding of heart or the the understanding of heart that was associated with, let's say, the spiritual concepts and bring all that down into a, a context where people could understand it in a different way and then apply the basic qualities of heart in their daily lives. We wanted to take it from what we call sky down the street so that it could be applicable to making a difference in the quality of life that people are experiencing. So that's what we've done. So the system is deployed through the world through training programs. We certify coaches. We certify trainers. We deliver all kinds of programs ourselves. Um, I do get an opportunity to to be a a spokesperson and to speak a lot of places, like the upcoming, you know, uh, Soul Summit that I'm going to do in in September. And uh, that's basically what we do. And, again, the science is the bridge. The science has allowed us to take – these understandings of heart into very, very mainstream segments of society, places where you would not suspect that something like heart math would be, like all four branches of the U.S. military, police forces, uh, fire departments, universities, um, all kinds of places that have heart math embedded in what they do and or have taken a lot of heart math training. So, again, the science was helpful because people know kind of about heart, Uh, But they sort of write it off as a metaphor, but we were able to take it down to something that made it more tangible.
0: Well, I I love the tangibility of it because in the past, I thought, you know, our thoughts really impact how we feel and our feelings are sending something out in the world. But can you explain a little bit about, is it the electromagnetic waves that get sent out from our heart or something like that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, the heart's communicating. It's sending information through the brain and the rest of the body and beyond. It does it in a bunch of ways. It has a very complex nervous system uh, that communicates um, information. It has blood pressure wave changes. It releases hormones into the body that regenerate us. A lot of ways the heart is actually talking. One of the coolest ways, though, is an electromagnetic field produced by the heart. This magnetic field... um, permeates every single cell in our own bodies, but it also has enough power in it that it creates a field that extends beyond our skin out into space. And that field can be measured with very conservative research equipment, traditional type research equipment, about three to four feet outside the body. And researchers believe that that's just the beginning of where this field really goes, that we're looking at it through just one lens of research technology or scientific um, technology, but that we have this field of of information that we're producing from our own hearts. Fields have information in them, and, and the hearts field does as well. And the information in that field is directly related to what we are experiencing emotionally. For example, if we are upset angry, irritated, frustrated, those kind of feelings, it produces a very incoherent signal in that heart field. And we are broadcasting that. Conversely, you start feeling emotional qualities that have been associated with heart, like more care, more compassion, a little extra kindness to people, certainly less judgment. It imprints the field differently, imprints with different information, and we are, in fact, broadcasting that information as well. So it becomes a matter of understanding that we are energetic beings, and that we are communicating in unseen ways, and that there's a connection energetically between all living systems. Every living system on our planet and beyond is connected in ways of which we are just beginning to understand. The major energetic contributor uh, from us, the human being, is actually the heart. So it's through the heart that we make these type of connections that allow us to experience a sense of, of uh, that we're not alone, that we're all in this together and that we all have a responsibility of what we are feeding this collective field, what we are doing uh, through our own thoughts and emotions in particular to influence uh, the world and others in a way that would be certainly more uplifting and beneficial.
0: I totally love this. I saw on your TEDx talk that you had a person, a gal sit with you on the stage and you connected some kind of a little monitor to her ear. Can you explain what you did? Because I love the science behind this. It takes it out of just good feelings are good for you because you can actually see on the court the results.
1: Well, when we were doing our scientific research, we wanted to understand how we could measure this quality of communication that was going on between the physical heart, the brain, and the rest of the body. And What we discovered, there was a, is a, there was a scientific discipline called heart rate variability analysis. And what that means, Sandra, is you're measuring the time between heartbeats, the varying in the speed in which the heart is beating. So it's different than measuring just heart rate like a fitness monitor measures. You're really measuring a rhythmic pattern produced by the speeding up and slowing down of the heart. Now, what we discovered is that There are many things that influence that heart rate variability. Movement does, speech does, light and sound even do. But what researchers have missed is the fact that emotions also do. They affect that heart rate variability pattern. Now when we are in a very positive emotional state, those heart rhythms become very ordered. And it puts us in a state called coherence. So I'm gonna slow this down just a little bit so everyone listening can follow. We were wanting to measure quality of communication between heart and brain. We found that heart rate variability analysis was a way to do that. Then we found that when those heart rhythms were in an optimal state, it was a state called coherence. In the coherence state, all the body systems are synchronized to the rhythmic beating pattern of the heart. It means respiration, digestion, immune system response, hormonal releases, brain function, all that stuff syncs up, and boom, there we are in this high-performance state. That state is triggered by the experience of a regenerative uplifting emotion. So when we're more caring, for example, we're going to be more naturally coherent. When I am appreciating someone rather than judging them, I'm going to be more naturally coherent. And so what you were seeing in the TEDx talk was technology that measures that, that anybody can get, anybody can own. Uh, the, the most popular version of it is called the inner balance trainer and it's an app that you can get for any phone downloaded from your favorite app store. You purchase a sensor from from HeartMath or from a distributor somewhere. That connects to your ear. It communicates your heart rhythm patterns to the app. And then the app has a patented algorithm in it that scores those heart rhythms for how coherent they are. So what the technology is used for is to train ourselves to become more coherent, <laughs> to train ourselves to be more connected with the heart's intelligence. And so it's really useful in, in, in many, many applications. Everything from people who are in their meditations and spiritual practices, right on down to high-performance athletes who use our technology as a way of uh, of gaining extra benefit from whatever endeavors that they're they're making.
0: It's really funny because just before I called you, I was playing the game with the to- the clock, and I was on the Heartmath website ordering one of those <laughs> and I did I just didn't press the send button. We'll do that after you and I hang up. Um, but I find it fascinating because first of all, for our listener, in the description of this episode, I have a link to that TEDx talk, and you can actually see this young woman that just the results on um, the monitor. And I'm sure she was nervous sitting in a crowd of however many hundreds of people. And you could see all these jagged lines and and you can get it. You know, it's nerve wracking, probably. She didn't know what she was in for. But then you actually had her uh, breathe through her heart. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that. But then you all of a sudden started seeing these smooth lines and these smooth patterns. And I know firsthand just from living life that if I can put myself in a place of love, gratitude, appreciation, life goes better. However, to actually see what the heart is doing and is is absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, what I had to do was a, a simple heart math technique called quick coherence. And there are three steps to it. The first is to focus your attention right in the area in the center of your chest, in the area of the heart. Then you do something called heart-focused breathing, which means that you breathe naturally normally in a comfortable rhythm, but maybe deeper than you normally would. And as you breathe, you imagine as if you know, that breath is flowing in and out right through the center of your chest, area of the heart. Then while you got heart-focused breathing going on, then you make a sincere attempt to activate a regenerative, uplifting emotion. You can recall a feeling of when you just really felt good inside, or you can remember maybe... um being in a special place or with a special person or playing with your pet or your child or your grandchild. And you evoke this feeling. And when you do this three steps together, what happens is instantaneously your heart rhythms change. And as was demonstrated with the girl on stage, it's like she was in an incoherent state up on the stage in front of hundreds of people, a little nervous. I took her through the technique and she shifted from an incoherent heart rhythm to a highly coherent heart rhythm in the moment. Now, Well, I think that's important is that we can learn to do this, and it's not that hard. And it's a useful skill going through all that we're all going through in today's world. Everything moving quick, stressful opportunities showing up one after another. How do we make the shift? How do we maintain a certain inner uh, inner balance? How do we maintain our own dignity and poise in the midst of all this stuff that we're going through? Well, we can learn to do that through techniques like the heart math technique. I'm sure others as well. And the technology measures get showing you that you, in fact, did it. And so those combinations of technology and technique uh, put together uh, you know, in an easy-to-understand and, and practical way, I think, uh, provides a useful education and experience for people uh, as we all are going through this grand adventure called Life in the 21st Century.
0: It is quite an adventure. Howard, years ago, I took a course on dowsing, and I thought I was going to be dowsing underground wells and water and things like that, not realizing what I signed up for was to be learning that our body can pick up things energetically. So it was really interesting. But one of the things we did with our dowsing rods is held the intention to pick up the it sounds similar to what we're talking about right now, but the like electromagnetic energy coming from a a, a human body. And so the instructor who was regular guy, not a lot of woo-woo talk or anything like that was talking and we each had a partner and the person doing the dowsing would ask the partner, okay, think of a, like a sad time in your life. And then holding these dousing rods out, we'd realize that it was only maybe a foot away from the body when these rods would open up. And then opposite, we would say, think of the best time you had in your life, something you're very grateful for, having this person really start feeling his feelings. And we'd walk closer to the person, and that was actually several feet away from the body. And all of a sudden, these rods would open up. So I had the instinct that then, you know, what we think about how we feel really does is producing some kind of energy. And so to be able to see it on the court with your heart math, your team's heart math, it's it just to me, it's, it's all tapping into the same uh, power.
1: Yeah, I got a feeling it was the heart's magnetic field that was creating these changes. And so that's a very measurable field. It's not mm-hmm. woo-woo at all. No. Yeah. We're not talking about an RR or subtle energy. This is measured with something called magnetometers, which are traditional scientific research equipment used to measure magnetic fields. And so that's where the information came from about the three feet outside of the body. My belief is it goes a lot farther than that. If you were using something you can measure further instead of a magnetometer, this field could be infinite in a certain way. It's okay. But I bet you that that field, the changes in the field relative to the, as the teacher was, what was he asking people to do? He was asking to shift the emotional state. Yes. Yeah. And as emotional state shifted, there's a different imprint in that field. The dowsing rods and the sensitivity of the dowser could possibly be picking up on that. My guess, and it's only a guess, would be that, that Hartsfield was probably the primary communicator in that process.
0: It's pretty pretty great. Uh, one more thing I have done myself is done things from time to time, like had a gratitude practice, 28 days Putting in a lot of gratitude in my life, a lot of love and appreciation, keeping a notebook, and good things started happening in my life. And so, while it is subjective to myself, these things, and it can only be my personal experience, like I really know the power of that, but also I've looked on your HeartMath website and using the HeartMath training system and technology. I just want to read to our listener just some of the, the differences it's made. 24% improvement in the ability to focus, 30% improvement in sleep, 38% improvement in calmness, 46% drop in anxiety, 48% drop in fatigue, 56% drop in depression. That's massive results.
1: It was, and it blew my mind, too. That's a large, large group of people. It's like thousands of people were in that study, and they were in companies. That's where we were doing those measurements. It was based upon people in large organizations that were taking heart math training. We did pre- and post-assessments with them using a a very sophisticated, scientifically-validated psychometric survey, and they were in different parts of the world. Most were in the United States or Europe, but they were in different business sectors. You know, they weren't all in the same type of company. And when I saw those results, it was really an eye-opener for me as well because, it, you know, these changes were huge. And I guess, you know, in essence, feeling that I had when I began to review things from that type of scientific lens was that, you know, a little heart goes a long way. You know, we only have like a day or two to train these people. They learn some basic techniques and boom, all of a sudden these big changes happen in the large populations of people in different parts of the world doing different things. That said to me, what I just said, a little heart goes a long way uh, with people these days. And so it doesn't take as much as you might think uh, to change the direction of a life.
0: Yeah. And I think one way or the other, because I know people that are very negative and, Oh, first of all, it doesn't feel good to be around them. But I, I do believe there's a correlation between our thinking, our emotions and our health. So we need to speak a little bit about that, because I think this could improve people's health
1: absolutely. First of all, I want to applaud you for the the type of work you've done and the amount of it you've done. You've certainly been a a seeker and a person who's been looking to improve yourself. And not only that, then to give back to others, like through things like your your show. So I want to thank you for that. Um, And, yeah, I mean, you know, here's the deal. You know, we all live in this vast field of information called consciousness. It's feeding back to us, not what we think in our minds, but what we truly feel in our hearts. And it's through that relationship, heart to field, that we are co-creating a lot of our own reality. We're drawing from this field what ends up being our reality. And that reality is there, can be everything right on down to our physical health. I mean, science now knows. When we first started heart math, they didn't know this. But today they know this direct relationship between emotions and physical health. I think it's the most important way in which we stay healthy or the ways in which we get sick. If we want to run those type of toxic emotions through our system all the time, the anger, the upset, the sadness, the downness, all those kind of feelings, we have a right to do that. It's not about suppressing emotions. But there's a consequence to that. It begins to feed back on the body. It accelerates aging. It releases hormones into our system that we don't want an an over amount of. Uh, It begins to create nervous system chaos. Lots of things happen when those type of negative emotions are there and they, pers- they sustain themselves. They're there all the time. I don't see it as healthy at all, and I see the direct correlation. Also, when we do make these shifts, when we, we find ways in which we can become, let's say, more naturally appreciative, or use gratitude. You, know, you mentioned the gratitude work that you did. It sets up a different magnetic draw from consciousness, and we become co-creators in a different way. And then life begins to shape itself around what we're putting into the field. Put out more care. Put out more compassion, especially, especially compassion right now. More gratitude, more appreciation, more kindness. Those are not just soft, squishy emotions associated with a Valentine's version of heart. They are powerful energetic frequencies that we use proactively, if we choose to, to create a very different experience of life.
0: Yeah, and and I'm also thinking, too, there's got to be some connection to heart math, to tapping into our own wisdom, our own problem-solving, our own answers, our own perception.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there absolutely is. I mean, there's a download from spirit into humanness when we're more connected to our heart. Intuition is sort of the taxi, in a sense. That's nice. Yeah. From 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 that higher part of who we are down to how we perceive something. Intuition is sort of the conduit. It's, it's it, it brings that information in. And yeah, there's a definite spiritual uplift and unfoldment and access to a higher form of ourselves, greater awareness when we're more connected to the heart. To me, that's the that's one of the biggest benefits. But. Our approach and my personal approach is I don't try to skip steps. In other words, it can sound really cool to understand what's happening at a higher dimensional level, and we can understand what's happening beyond the physical. Those are all interesting things to pursue and understand. But the skip, the step that can't be skipped is we got to manage day to day life in a different way. We can't just allow rogue emotions to rule us. We can't just you know put off. Dealing with some of the things that we know we need to do that we just haven't bothered to take on. That's, for me, at least, a, a, a fundamental truth. Is I have to put emphasis there and try to do everything I can to overcome my own blocks and the things that get in my way, become the, the best Howard Martin I can be every day. And when I do that with consistency, then the other stuff starts to happen naturally. But if I was to pursue, like, I really want to understand, you know, the the bigger picture from some higher dimensional level, and I didn't pay attention to what was happening around me and how I was uh, thinking and feeling, and especially how I was treating other people, that other stuff would just be a chase for me. Right. It would be elusive. So the step that most people don't really want to dig in on uh, is really going ahead and dealing with some of the emotional stuff that they know they should be dealing with. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but I think that very often that part gets put off uh, a lot in the pursuit of something that appears to be more important or or larger. Mm
0: -hmm. I agree. Not too long ago, I interviewed a lady from Before I Go Solutions, and it really is before I take that last breath, things to clear up. And it, it was really a conversation that even though, yeah, we don't want to die and leave all kinds of things undone. But it it offered me the opportunity that if I were to address the things I've been putting off, how much more freedom would I have to enjoy life? So just in the past two months, Howard, I'd made myself a list. And it was more like unfinished business, things that aren't working in my life, things I knew I needed to address, more so than who has the passwords and can get into my things like that. But I have felt happier, I have felt more at peace. And I think it, it this is kind of talking about the same thing, looking at those things that have been causing me stress and anxiety in life. And um, so the more I can kind of put those things in the past and have them dealt with, there is more room for this kind of thing. So I, mean, I, I think we're talking about the same thing here.
1: I think. Let me just say this, Sandra. For all of you that are listening to this program right now, just pay attention to what Sandra just said. Forget me. <laughs> if you do that, if you do that, you're going to come out way ahead. And have the, you know the the intention, the courage, and you know the openness to take a look at what's left to be done, uh, and then to take some steps to go ahead and taking care of that. That's the that's the big accelerator. That is the huge growth opportunity that we all have. Uh, and it doesn't have to go on forever. Life can begin to change, and it's not an endless process of always having something and always clearing something out. There is a place that we get to where, yeah, stuff shows up, but some of the heavy lifting can get out of the way. And for many of us, I think, uh, people that have an interest in the type of things that we're discussing today, we don't even realize how much heavy lifting has already been done. And we keep trying to find all the stuff that's wrong. Instead of being able to go ahead and accept how many things that are going on for us and how much we've accomplished uh, that have been good, but when things show up, it's always good to do that inventory like Sandra talked about, to step back and go, "Yeah, I've done a lot of work on myself, but it's not time to be complacent right now. I can go ahead and appreciate all that I've done, and I can acknowledge and recognize that a lot of the big stuff's already taken care of now, where can I fine tune things you know?" Where can I make the changes? I mean, you can, you can paint your room at your house and look really good, but it doesn't really look complete till you do the trim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the trim takes time, right? It's hard to part. You've got to get down there, and it's got to, you got to be more careful not to get the paint on the wall or on the carpet and all that stuff. But, you know, when the trim finally gets on, then the room just sparkles and comes to life. And so for some of us, I think today, it's just a matter of, let's take care of the trim right now, and, boy, will we accelerate into something magnificent and new beyond what we actually can realize beyond what we can, where our projections about what that could be, will be. And that's, I think the hope and promise for an exciting new future for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. I really enjoy this conversation. This is, and, and I hope with our, you who's listening right now, maybe it's not this conversation, maybe it's about something else, but if there's something that resonates with you, follow it, follow your passions. You know, we're all here on earth for different reasons. But to have a toolbox that we get to choose a positive emotion and put it into our life and actually feel better, have better results and things. It's like, that's what we want to do. Give you the tools, give you the toolbox. We are human beings. And as perfect as I may sound, Howard, I am far from it. You know, I deal with my own battles every day, but just getting i think it's the nature of the beast by being human that we have we can have negative thought patterns and who knows yeah
1: and i think well, it's just so tricky i mean you've got to look at these things and not see them as bad you know um, we got to say, okay, that is part of being human, and, and sort of but acknowledge, but then move on. You don't have to accept it as, as as a totality, but acknowledging it's important, and not trying to be perfect. I mean, I got my my challenges as well, um, Sandra. I mean, we all are living on the same planet right now, and we're human beings. It's not easy being a human. It really isn't. No. It's a lot of complexity into what we're trying to pull off here, especially during this era of super accelerated transformation. It's not easy to do. So, one of the things that I often encourage people to, to to give this a shot, and I certainly try to use it myself, is that please, please, please have compassion for yourself. Give yourself the gift that heart's trying to give you, which is to be compassionate for yourself. There'll be times when we don't feel like we've done right, when we do feel like we haven't done enough or we've made big mistakes or we've really gone backwards or we're really never going to get it or we're just not good enough. Those feelings are part of that humanness. But when you find yourself there, I encourage you to just go right straight back to your own best friend, which is your heart, and have a little conversation and say, you know what, it's okay. You know, I do it myself. It's okay, little dude. You know you're doing the best you can. (laughs) (laughs) You know. It's a moment. It's a day. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving forward. And give yourself that gift of compassion that you're okay, that, you know, it isn't an easy time, and that, you know, things move forward, things move on, and don't overdwell on what you think you haven't done or what you can't do. And that's part of the progression. The trick of the mind is to want to suck you back in. Yes. And say, oh, no, but you can't do that. That would be, so, yeah, you don't deserve that. You know, you are not good enough. Or, yeah, that is a big mistake. And, boy, you're going to pay for that. I mean, this is all the mind stuff, right? And the heart's going, you know, how about talking to me for a minute and getting a second opinion? <laughs> and it'll have a different view of I, what that's all about.
0: That's why, Howard, I think, and, Howard, I oh, I'm think. interrupting you. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Go excited. Go ahead, and I'm finished. Well, just the fact and not that people have to buy the device for heart math, but I know for myself, living in my own skin, I don't always catch myself when my mind takes off in negative thought patterns. But if I had that little thing that plugs into my iPhone handy, I could just pop it on my earlobe and say, where am I at right now in my heart? And that would be something that could bring me back into the um Yeah, it's, a useful, it's a useful tool. Yeah.
1: And you're right. You don't have to have it. Uh, great analogy. Our mass founder, Doc Children, he was just talking to me one day. He threw this one analogy, which I still remember and love. And he said, yeah, you don't have to have uh, our technology to pursue your hard work is certainly not necessary. And he qualified that about three different ways. And then he said, but you know, You don't really have to have a GPS in your car to get around either. We never had them for a long time. We were figuring it out a different way, and using maps and pulling into the service station and all that. He said, but it sure is nice having one, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is.
1: And so, same thing. You don't have to have technology or anything like that to pursue your heart. And we've all pursued our hearts for a long time without any of that. But now that there is technology that can assist us, it's it's cool to have it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I am of the belief: the more positive we feel, the more good things happen. And uh, just based on my own life, Um, so yeah, why not? Can you talk a little bit about the books?
1: Yeah, we've Heart Mass published a bunch of books. I'm co-author too. I co-authored my first one with Doc Childry. It was a book called The Heart Mass Solution, and what people say about that book, you know, what sometimes people will say when they're introduced to me on a program like yours or whatever, it's become the definitive work on the intelligence of the heart, a true classic kind of thing. It sold a lot of books and it's been around a long time. It's, you know, most books have a pretty short shelf life of a few years, but Harper Collins, who published this book is still publishing it today. And it was first released in 1999. Uh, And so we wrote a second book with, Doc Childry and with two other heart math people, founder founding people, called Heart Intelligence, released in 2016. It went to number one on Amazon in three different categories for a day or two, so it got off to a really good start. And so it's a you know it's a book about the intelligence of the heart and about the science behind it and about some of the things that you know have been accomplished through people, you know, making some changes to you know access more of their heart's intelligence. And so the books are good. Uh, Books today, I think, um, play a different role than they used to. Uh, Many people like audio books better. Math Solution was just released in an audio book, you know, after this many years. And certainly, you know, reading things electronically, et cetera, is the way people do it. But I think they can provide good, grounded, you know, information for people. And so there are books available. You can get them from HeartMath or Amazon or wherever you want to get them. Uh, and if you like to read, that's the way to go. If you don't, there's other ways to, to experience heart math. Um, and I think the one of the coolest and best ways to do it is to try to experience it live. Uh, myself, Dr. Deborah Rosman, Dr. Roland McCready, we do speak all around the world. And you mentioned in the beginning of the show, I'm going to do this thing out at the Soul Summit as part of my fall tour And, um, you know, Kathleen and Suzanne, they do this amazing job of putting together this event with world-class speakers from all over the place on different subjects. And so I'm going to get to be there this year and have an opportunity to be there live. And I think what's cool about live and what's important about it is the energetic transfer. Um, Nobody needs to come to see me speak to hear what I'm going to talk about. All you have to do is Google me. But if I can help to create an experience at those events, then I've done my job. I want people to feel their own hearts. I want people to have an uplifted feeling experience, not just to get new information. And that's what I'll try to do. And I think the live events still play an important role, even in the, this world of everything being online. I think the live events are still you know, an essential way in which we connect uh, with each other and, uh, and lift the overall vibration of the planet as we do it.
0: I agree wholeheartedly about that. I have found there's a lot of people say they'll listen to my show. And even in my own life, there's not a lot of people that I see day to day that I share these conversations with. Yet there are tens of thousands of people listening that are my best friends. I haven't even met them yet. And at one of these like the soul summit or other events, it's like you meet up with your people and you you realize that your thoughts, your beliefs, your beliefs. They're normal. They're empowering. You have a great life.
1: I saw you on a uh, little video on your website, Sandra. You're a really good speaker. Are you going to speak at the Soul Summit thing this year?
0: Well, I was meant to, but the date of the Soul Summit changed, and so I'm not available. But <laughs> okay. miracles can happen. You never know, um, but I'm sure I will okay. be in 2020. <laughs> uh, but good I want to ask, ask you, they're dear friends of mine, and I really believe in everything they're up to and uh you, you never know how it's all going to work out if i'm meant to be there i will be but i want to ask you be, besides doing your uh your speech to the whole group you're also offering a work- workshop and the title interests me the power of your heart's intelligence heal the moment rewrite the future can you talk a little bit about that because that sounds great
1: Yep, we've been talking to- Yeah, the workshop's going to be a good time for me to go a little deeper. I mean, what I can do in a short-form presentation like the keynote is I can provide information that I think is compelling, it's interesting, exciting, and I can create an uplifting energy. How do we take that into day-to-day? Well, that's what the workshop's going to do. That's where I'll be able to teach tools and techniques that we use about things like we've been talking about in our interview. How do you change that moment right now? How do you make that shift inside from the stress and the anxiety and the frustration into a more peaceful, calm place? That's healing the moment. As we heal the moments, they strain together. And as they strain together, what happens is, is while we whether we realize it or not, we're really rewriting what's going to happen in the future. It goes back to an earlier part of our conversation about how we are actually co-creating our own reality. Uh, and so it happens moment to moment. Heal the moment each and every moment of every day as best we can. Allowing for a humanness, allowing for the challenges that life presents, but then coming back to the heart, straight lining back to the heart, and doing that with consistency is like writing a new story of our life, a future story. And that future eventually comes into manifestation into in the moment. But we're rewriting that future. And so that requires a little structure, requires some tools and some techniques uh, that we can apply in our daily life. And that's what I'll have the opportunity to share in the workshop part of what I'm going to do down there in Scottsdale.
0: Oh, I love it. I want to ask you too. I, I remember, well, I wasn't alive when the earth believed, people of the earth believed that the earth was flat, but eventually mankind got that the planet is round. When the day comes that people believe, embrace, and that tipping point has occurred, that people understand heart math and the difference that our emotions. Play and what our heart does in this electromagnetic field and coherence, when the day that tipping point happens, what do you visualize could happen um,
1: well it won't happen. it's happening already okay uh it's not gonna it's not gonna be in a big bang uh it takes time to integrate what's happening is we're going through a dimensional shift in consciousness. We're moving from a third dimensional base consciousness into not just the fourth dimension, but the higher fourth dimension. It's one of the biggest, it's probably the biggest shift ever in the history of humanity. It is a dimension and a half shift and it's happening in a relatively short amount of time. But it's not going to be like all of a sudden one day this big blast of energy hits and we all wake up and everything's cool. Uh, it doesn't work that way. It has to be stepped in. It has to be brought in and then grounded and then more brought in and more integrated and grounded and it's stepping stones its way up. It's happening fast right now. It's actually happening as fast as we can handle it. The world is going through a lot of change. You see the chaos happening in the world. that chaos is no accident. You know, the world is changing and shifting and it's pushing the envelope on every single aspect there is of humankind and society and the systems that we've used to to guide it. And so that's happening pretty quick, and the chaos is about all we can handle right now. So it's going to happen and it is happening, and it's a matter of, you know, I think – We are still controlling the time some on how long it takes before that baseline shift is really solid. What we have control over is whether we can make that a faster or slower process. But more importantly, we have some influence over how gentle and kind it can be. And that's where putting the heart out is the most important the world's going to rock and roll some for a while, but we can make it as kind of gentle a process as we as, as we can. And there's so many things that could have been worse that weren't. If we go back and begin to look at it, we can see that there's a lot of progression going on, a lot of facilitation, a lot of growth is happening. Humanity is responding well to the changes despite all the craziness and aberrant behavior that we see. We're really headed in the right direction. One of the keys to it, though, is to be patient to recognize you got to let it unfold. You got to keep putting your best foot forward into the world, making the contributions you can make to the lives of others, and then let things happen. And it's not going to happen overnight. But in our lifetimes, we will see some significant changes uh, that give us, I think, verification that, guess what, the shift's happening.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking about a rose. You can't force it to come out of the ground and you can't force the bud to open it takes time no matter how much you water and how much sunlight it takes time
1: i know now i've worked on that my whole life remember i'm always wanting to be a little bit ahead of where things are i know i I tend to live in the future and not in the past or the moment and one time uh, again doc shorty was Breaking me down a little bit, giving me some figures on me. He said, you know, he said, you like those racehorses? You know, they're in that thing before they open the gate, and they're just bucking around in that thing, you know, and just can't wait to blast it out of the gate. He said, You're like that. He said, But you're worse. He said, You're like a racehorse that, gets, that realizes he can't bug through, so he gets on his knees and tries to crawl underneath the thing.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. But have you ever found <laughs> have you ever found Howard, no matter how fast we want it to be, or if we think we should be somewhere else by now, then all of a sudden maybe you sit next to somebody on the airplane and you think, you know what? I was meant to be here to have that conversation and you realize you're just exactly. where you need to be.
1: Exactly right, and I learned this over time, and I'm sure we all do. Um, it just takes a little practice, that's all, but yeah, you're right it's it's, not, it's we recognize that there's a flow to life, and when we accept that flow, then you know we begin to see the magic in it all. It's our resistances to it by wanting things to be different than they are uh, that often create you know the, the choppiness in the flow that lead to a lack of uh, of real fulfillment mm.
0: I thought of something else too. While we're talking about all this, you ever be around people that you know you feel the good vibes? You feel like you just want to hang around them. You know that you feel it feels good. I can't help but think yep. this is tied in to that to heart math.
1: Yeah, it's about resonance. You know, some mm-hmm. we resonate with some people more than others, but there are people that you know there's a certain energy that they put out. It didn't even have to be. The, the overt, uh, you know, the big personality or something, but they put out a certain energy that gives you a, a feeling and you sense that. And we resonate with some people that have that more than we do others. But yeah, there's people in our lives that that's kind of why we like hanging out with them. It's because of how they make us feel.
0: Well, I'm going to throw this in for our listener and for myself and you, Howard. By just having this conversation, we can be those people by inputting you know breathing through our heart and bringing in the emotions of love and gratitude and appreciation and when we're around when people know us to be one of those good feeling people they're good feeling and you know we and I think that might be an explanation why I've recently been attracting some really cool and fun and great people up to things is what I'm putting out there so we can choose to be that.
1: We can, and that's the big choice we all need to make, you know, and uh, again, we can't, it isn't totally linear to where we make these big changes and all of a sudden life just feeds back everything perfect to us, but we have to look at it in terms of, let's use the term ratios, you know, how, how much do things begin to go better than they used to, you know. Yes. Uh you know, often does something cool happen in our life that we were not expecting, um, but it doesn't work always totally linearly because we've had our own soul working with us. Yeah, um, are setting up a lot of different geometries for our own growth. And so the things won't always just match hand in glove with, with what we are putting into the world. But my feeling is, is when we add more heart, whatever that means to whoever's listening right now, when we add more heart into whatever we do, we never lose. Heart doesn't compete with anything. We can only gain from that. So why not? That's that's a philosophy that I've tried to live my life with.
0: Wow. Howard, I've really enjoyed this. And in the beginning, I said, you know, keep your seatbelt buckled. That's how I feel. It's just really been great. Is there any questions I should have asked you that I haven't or any closing words or anything? I, we've well, mentioned?
1: first of all, let me just say, you've been a good interview. I've really enjoyed our conversation as well. feels very easy for me to talk with you. Thanks. Uh, very natural and, and flowing kind of feeling in it all, and, and that's always enjoyable for me. So thank you for, for that and for having me You know, as a part of your program. Um, any closing comments would just be things I've already said, just a little recap. Please have compassion for yourself. If you don't remember anything else, try to, try to do a little bit more of that. Uh, That'll get you a long way, and you're actually serving other people when you do that. Uh, It may not seem that way, and it it may seem self-centered, but it's not, Uh, because you're making changes in yourself that are putting out a different kind of energy that's feeding that bigger field that we all live in, and therefore you're helping others to lift their spirits by lifting yours through the power of your own self-compassion. So I urge you to do that. And then basically, you know, listen to and follow your heart. You know, uh, let it be your guide. Learn to trust it more. Learn that it's, you know, it's your own best friend. It's there to help you out and give you some insights and some perspectives to help navigate life. Um, Just be kinder to other human beings. A little more understanding of people, even when their behavior doesn't match what you think it should be. Uh, try to have a little bit more latitude, a little more compassion, a little more of uh, 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 a neutral and less judgmental perspective on things. Those simple things like that are, are the keys. And they're very, very powerful. And when we do those, it, it will open us up to more of the, the stuff that's really kind of fun and has more sizzle, like more intuitional downloads, more insights into what's happening you know, in the bigger picture of things, what's happening in other side type activities and things like that. Whatever we need to know about all that will come as we begin to manifest more of our own heart's qualities. So whether you do it through heart math or whether you find other ways to do it at all, it doesn't matter to me. It's just that you truly find and connect with your own heart. If you wanna have an opportunity to to meet me or to Experience this in, in, in a different type of energetic environment. again, Soul Summit. That's probably where a lot of you that are listening would, would uh, come to see me. I'm sure, I'm speaking a lot of other places, but I think for, for Sanders' audience, that's probably a great place to, to come and not only experience me, but the other speakers in the entire event. So in summary, just please you know learn to uh, accept and trust your own best friend, your heart.:
0: That's beautiful. Really good. This this will be an episode I listen to repeatedly. Um, Great advice. Howard, thank you so much for being our guest here today.
1: My pleasure. And I hope we have a chance to meet sometime or that we get to do this on your show again.
0: I have a funny feeling both will occur.
1: (laughs) Okay. Take good care. And bye, everybody who's been listening.
0: Thanks. And for our listener, thank you for taking the time to listen. Ah, uh, these episodes really do aim to empower us all and this one certainly did with me. As a reminder, as a reminder or if this is your first episode, all past episodes of We Don't Die Radio are available at wedontdieradio.com. This is episode 323. Yes, there's 323 hours of empowerment for you. So, you can keep your heart math healthy, alive, and well, and feel good. I also invite you, when you do go to we wedontdieradio.com, to join the Insiders Club. It's my email list, and you'll get a free copy of my book, We Don't Die, in PDF form, as well as a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. And I do believe it is some of the tougher times in life and our deepest pains that actually set us on our journey of our spiritual growth and to learn, look for these kind of things and to find our reason to be. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, always very happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. Feel free to visit heartmath.com, check out soulsummitscottsdale.org, visit Howard September 12th through 15th there. And um, thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.